Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Special episode today on the podcast. I just want to sit with you all and be real about my personal journey. I spent a lot of time teaching and I know I love to teach about attachment theory and relationship pacing and communication and boundary setting and all the things. And sometimes I even forget how powerful it is to share with you all parts of my journey. So recently I've had a lot of people inside of the Empowered Secure Loved program ask me to talk about my journey. And I started to realize it's helpful because it gives people hope and it it helps them see, yes, change is possible. And cognitively, our brains believe in change when we can see evidence and we see, wow, that person had a similar experience to me in their childhood or in their dating life. And now look what they've been able to achieve. 
So I do just want to open up a bit more about my journey. And um, I think you're going to like this episode. I hope it's helpful. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get vulnerable. I always I kind of laugh because I named the podcast. Let's get vulnerable. And then there's times where I'm like, I don't really want to. So the name of the podcast is always a good reminder. And obviously, anything I share with you all is stuff that I've worked through myself. I really do believe in having the boundaries with ourselves to the place where we say, hey, I'm really ready to share stuff when I've kind of processed it myself first and I've worked through it a bit. I obviously find that to be true in my romantic relationships um, and also in what I share publicly, what I share with friends. It it's really helpful for me to sit down with my journal first, to talk with my therapist first, to get out some of my own processing. And then I can come to my important relationships with intention and really share the things that that matter, the things that I feel like actually describe where I'm at and how I feel. So that's just something that I've learned that's helped me in my relationships is if there's something really challenging to process, I'm going to give myself that time to internally process it first before I bring it to my relationships. So let's get into it. Let's talk about my journey a little bit. And those of you who have listened to the podcast for a long time, you may have heard bits and pieces of this. So thank you for being an all-time listener for being with me from the beginning. Um, But I will share some things that I haven't before. So I experienced childhood trauma. I experienced dysfunctional family. And some of the ways that that manifested um, was ways that uh, the the parental dynamics, the personality um, of my caregivers, and some of it was through big T trauma events that occurred. So I do just want to give any kind of trigger warning if you've um, lost if you've lost a parent, you may find this episode to be extremely hard. So I just want you to know. Um, that that's what I'm going to talk about. <sighs> so at the young age of five, uh, my parents were still together. I remember up until the age of five, there was, you know, there was things that was off um, that, that were off in their dynamic. But for the most part, it was a healthy marriage. And I remember um, my mom and dad really working through things and they seemed happy. And my mom especially was incredibly attentive and a very great mom. I have memories of her staying up late with me to finish an art project, um, being super involved in anything that I had going on at school. She was always there. 
Um, and my dad also was pretty hands-on and he would tell us bedtime stories. And I just, I remember up until about the age of five, my world was pretty stable and I had a wonderful support system of aunts and uncles and my cousins. I was living in Montana. Everything felt really good for me as a five-year-old. My biggest worries probably was my eyesight and the huge glasses that I had to wear and some probably minor bullying that I was experiencing at school of being called four eyes or chubby or things like that, right? That was my biggest worry. Um, And then it all changed one night in December. Like I said, I'm five years old. And what happened was my mom experienced a traumatic brain injury. And some of you may know about TBIs, and you may know that the outcome varies substantially. Many of you have heard me talk about losing my mother. And the the reality is, is that yes, I did lose her that night. She would never be the same. Um, and she lost all functioning. She was essentially in a vegetative state. She required constant care. Um, and as this little girl, what I was told is that she might get better. She might get better one day. And I remember just holding on to that and really just hoping that she would, that she would get better. And pretty soon I was six years old. I was eight years old. I was nine years old. I was 10 years old. And her condition seemed to only be worsening and not really improving. Um, But my life turned upside down as a five-year-old. My twin sister and I lost our mother that night. And simultaneously, we had a father who had no idea how to cope with what had happened. Of course, can you imagine losing your spouse in that way and being thrown into decisions about their care and having to navigate everything? Um, I have so much compassion for my dad now as an adult. I realize it was incredibly overwhelming what he had to go through. Um, It was a really hard time, y'all. I can't really put into words. I definitely experienced a lot of dissociation where I have a ton of blank spots. I I have a lot of memories that are missing from about age five to even 12. Age five to 12 is pretty blurry for me. There's a lot of things I don't remember. And then some of the things that I do remember are incredibly painful. So I just want to normalize that for any of you who have experienced childhood trauma, that there's probably chunks of your life that your brain has completely dissociated from as a coping skill, simply because it's too painful. And I, when I look back on that time and I think about, okay, I have compassion for myself. I have compassion for my family. My dad was doing the best he could. And he made some really hurtful decisions for my twin sister and I. One of those decisions was beginning to date um, when we were probably age seven. So a couple years later, 
he had put in, gosh, two years. Uh, I forgot to mention, we actually moved to Texas, to Austin, because that's where the best hospitals were. So you can imagine these two young girls lose their mom. We get uprooted. We moved to Austin, Texas, where mom goes to a special hospital and we're told maybe she's going to get better, but she doesn't. I don't usually cry when I'm recording, but I might today. Um, and then we have 2020. You guys remember the the TV show 2020? They come, they film a special about us while we're in Austin. Um, I, at that time, developed a ton of shame about not having a normal family, which I know sounds crazy, but I think a lot of you with dysfunctional families or childhood trauma, or even a parent who was an alcoholic or a parent who was totally unavailable, you know what I'm talking about of you feel embarrassed to even talk about your life with your friends because you compare yourself to them having normal families. Um, and I would, I would often just not talk about my family and I would not uh, allow people to get close to me because I didn't want them to know the truth, the dreaded truth about me and how messed up I was. And I internalized so much shame about my situation. Um, so we're in Austin, Texas. The hospital doesn't help. We move back to Helena, Montana. And then, so now I'm, I'm more like seven years old, eight years old, and my dad starts dating someone. And to be honest, I don't fully remember how it was brought up to my sister and I. All I know is the relationship that my dad began moved incredibly fast. And all of a sudden, this woman was a huge part of our lives and these are the decisions that I'm talking about that I feel that my dad made that, of course, he was doing the best he could, but it was ways that he really harmed uh, my sister and I. One of the decisions was to move away from our family, to leave our disabled mother, and to move us from Montana to Seattle, Washington. And... What happened was we lost all contact, really, um, with with our family in Montana. So we had all this change. Keep in mind, we're changing schools all the time. We're changing friend groups. Um, and then as soon as we get to Seattle, this new mother figure in my life, she demands that we call her mom. So I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one out there with the evil step parent story. But unfortunately, the person whom my father decided to eventually marry after he had fully divorced my mother, um, the person he married was very mentally ill. She was incredibly mentally ill and incredibly emotionally unstable. And she took this out on my sister and I. And she forced us to call her mom. She would lock us in our rooms and not allow us to leave. One of the biggest tragedies of my childhood, and I know some of y'all are going to understand this, and some of you will be like, what? You think that was one of the biggest tragedies? But we had had these three dogs. We had two Airedale 
terriers and we had one Scotty terrier and um, Axel and Yahtzee and Abby. And when we moved to Seattle, my dad, of course, under the pressure from evil stepmother, um, my dad had us give our dogs away. And we went, (laughs) as kids, we went to the homes where these dogs were going to go to. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, these were, these were the only relationships that we had that stayed stable throughout, like, you know, they were with us when our mom was with us and they were this special, special relationship and we had to give our dogs away. Um, it was really hard, really, really hard. And honestly, it just kept getting worse from there. It just kept getting worse. (sighs) I'm just going to take a pause. I know I'm getting super emotional and I never thought I would put this episode out two years of this podcast and never wanted to talk about this, but it's time. I've been doing my own work I know that there's people listening who have had similar experiences. And I always think it's so important not to compare. Like there's no prize for who has the most trauma, right? Like everyone has big T trauma, little T trauma, relational trauma in in different ways. And within your life, it made a huge impact on you. Okay. Um, But yeah, my childhood just got worse. I'll spare you some of the other details. But essentially, I could no longer at the age of 12, I could no longer stay in that environment. And luckily, my dad had let us visit our family in Montana during the summers. So I had some connection to Montana. And at the age of 12, I told my dad while I was in Montana, it was a summer I was visiting and I said, I'm not coming home. And I I kid you not, that was one of the hardest, probably the hardest conversation I've ever had in my life. And I was 12 years old and it was so painful to have to say, you're, you know, you're my parent. You're the only parent that I have left in this world. And it's not healthy for me to live with you because the environment is toxic. I cannot, I cannot um, let my mental health deteriorate and let myself deteriorate just to be able to live with you and maintain a relationship as your daughter. Of course, I'm 12. I did not say it like that. Okay. (laughs) I don't remember exactly how the conversation went. To my dad's credit, he understood it. He, after I think a three hour phone conversation, he agreed to it, which some people might say, how, how did that happen? But I think he knew that it was what was best. Okay. And I went and I moved to Montana and I moved in with my aunt Peggy, who became my legal guardian. And she was also the caretaker for my mom. My mom 
um, you know, still completely disabled, no improvements. And for the first time in a long time, probably since I was five. So for those, those seven incredibly chaotic and traumatic years of my life where I had zero self-worth and I had no voice and I couldn't share my emotions, right? That whole seven years. And then I moved to Montana. And for the first time in a long time, I felt valued. And I was no longer neglected. And I had a, a safe place. And um, it's, I, I will never repay my Aunt Peggy for what she did. Um, for really just taking me in as her daughter. Um, and I know, I know that my mom would be just incredibly grateful. Obviously, you know, it depends on your spiritual beliefs, but I know that, that she saw this and she saw the way my Aunt Peggy, my Aunt Bonnie took me in. Um, and she would have done the same for any of their kids. They just, they had an incredible bond and that's when things started to turn around for me. However, there was so much trauma and damage that had already been done, even from 12 years old to probably 25, 26, right? I mean, even now, um, there was so much healing that I had to do in order to work through what had happened to me in my childhood. So much healing. And it was not, and I, here, here's what I'll say. I didn't want to do any of it. I actually didn't want to acknowledge what had happened. I wanted to just become good enough. In my mind, if I could just achieve a lot. And I think some of this was because I saw my dad had really valued financial success or had really a valued academic achievement. And I threw myself into that. And I decided that I was just going to prove my worthiness and prove that I was good enough. Um, and I didn't really want to do any of the healing work at all. I actually didn't tell probably any of my friends what I experienced in childhood. I have friends to this day who have no idea what I went through. And now here I am putting it on a podcast. So I don't know what that means. So yeah, I guess I just want you all to know that I ran from my healing for as long as I could. And that might be you right now. You might have gone through your own childhood trauma, your own really difficult things um, that you've never dealt with, that you've never even wanted to admit happened to you. And maybe instead of being a workaholic like me, Maybe you've used alcohol or you've used um, other substances. Um, there's all kinds of things we can do to numb. TV, um, meaningless relationships, surface level relationships that we don't allow to go deep, right? There's all kinds of things we can do to distract ourselves, to numb ourselves, 
Um, and if you're running from your healing, I hope that maybe you could listen to this and have it be a wake-up call that, hey, you you can heal. There is hope for you. Whatever you're running from, you can heal. Um, the thing for me that made me get into therapy and made me commit to doing my healing work that that let me no longer numb my past was the relationship that I had with with the narcissist, which I've talked about uh, on this podcast. And I had a near-death experience. And during that time, I saw my life flash before my eyes. And I realized there was so much that I hadn't healed and that I wasn't living authentically and that I was not dealing with anything that had happened to me as a child. And I was on my knees in my lobby of my apartment building, filling out a police report in so much emotional pain that I did not feel that I could physically stand. And it was a spiritual moment for me. And it was essentially, you need to do this healing work or you're no longer going to be on this planet. You will not survive I'm not saying that I had suicidal ideation, but I had zero will to live at that point. So it was either make a change or, you know, die, essentially. So here's my hope. I hope it doesn't have to be that extreme for you. Maybe it's you're dating people again and again, and you're getting the same outcome over and over. And it's so frustrating. And you know, deep down, you really want a great relationship. Or maybe it's, hey, one of those birthdays for maybe it's the 25 or the 30 year old birthday, my my 30 year old birthday really hit me. So if you're there, I feel it. I understand, right? Where you realize, wow, my time on this planet uh, is finite. I have a limited amount of time. How do I want to spend my time here? Do I want to let my past trauma get in the way of having the relationship that I really want and that I really deserve? Um, I hope the answer for you is no. I hope that you say, I'm ready to stop the cycle. I'm ready to get off the dating roller coaster. And more importantly than that, I mean, that's a great thing. But more importantly than that, not let your past trauma define you. Y'all, if I would have never done the healing work, if I would have never invested in therapy and coaching and NLP and just the time and the energy and the journaling process and all of the research on attachment theory and understanding assertive communication and learning about emotionally focused therapy, all of these, you know, things I did over a decade to heal myself and finally welcome in a great relationship. If I would have never done any of that, I don't know that I would be here today. Um, but if I let's say I was, my life would be so different. My life would be so, so different. I don't know what it would look like, but I do know that it would not feel good. 
Um, so I just want to give you some hope. I want you to know that today, after all the work I've done, and then really leading this purpose-driven life where the work I do to help women heal is what I'm on this planet to do. And I honor that and I'm connected to it. I am so content and happy and fulfilled. And I finally have done enough healing to where I can talk about my childhood like I just did on this podcast. I would have never thought I would have ever talked about it. Um, and I'm I'm finally at this place where I fully accept myself and I love myself and I forgive myself and I forgive anyone in my life who ever caused me harm. And I'm I'm growing and I'm I'm open to building this incredible life with a man that I have in my life who I absolutely adore and I know he adores me and it's it's a beautiful thing right and I I'm incredibly grateful for the journey I'm so grateful for all of you here listening to the podcast I'm sorry it took me this long to get vulnerable about my childhood but I think we all have to honor where we're at. I always say people have to earn your vulnerability and you have to earn your own vulnerability for yourself. You have to get to a place where you go, hey, I can talk about this and it feels emotionally safe for me, right? And, you know, I finally got there. So I hope this episode spoke to you. I hope that it was helpful in some way. And if nothing else you can get a little bit of inspiration from just hearing about my journey. Um, And I want you to know you can have your own healing journey and I am so here for it. You will not find anyone who will cheer for you harder than I will when it comes to you doing your work, doing your healing, moving out of your own way and finally building the life that you really want. And obviously, if you want help, if you want guidance, if you want a framework from someone who is not only a clinical psychologist, but also somebody who's been there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. This is my life's work. This is what I have built to help people just like me who did not have great childhoods and who really need to do the healing work so that they can become the securely attached version of themselves and welcome in the relationship they've always wanted. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You mean a lot to me. Thank you for being here. Please, if you haven't, uh, you can go leave the podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. I do read those. It means a lot to me when you do that. Um, and of course, you know, as always, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram Facebook and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, 
And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community. 